0: But this girl, I swear, like, she's just, yeah. For me, she's from another planet. Like, I'm saying, Julie Armand, <laughs> too, this year, being first year in Women's NBA, like, she was, like, killing it, too. I was like, you, you guys just, like, another level. And that's why I feel so lucky, too, to play with them in national team, because then you, like, play with the top of the world. Because I was, like, always, like, oh, we're on top of Belgium, we're champion of Belgium, but what is Belgium in the basketball <laughs> world? Like, nothing. And then Emma being MVP last year and like being champion, I was like, gosh, like I told her like, girl, you're not on top of Belgium, not on top of Europe, but now you're like on top of the world.
1: Another season in the books, the podcast featuring European professional athletes who pursue their university degrees at home or in the United States. We'll talk about the ups and the downs, the pros and the cons. We'll hear from each athlete as they talk about their journey through academics and athletics. I'll also be talking to coaches and getting their opinion on the subject as well. I'm your host, Leslie Knight, 11-year veteran in Spain's professional basketball leagues, Liga Femenina 2 and La Liga Endesa. Let's get to it! Hey everyone, we're back with another episode here on another season in the books. This week, our interviewee hails from the land of chocolate, fries, waffles, and beer. Any guesses where that might be? If you guessed somewhere near Luxembourg, you're correct. Jana Raman was born in Belgium, and for the last 27 years, she's been living, studying, playing, and working near the city of Ghent. She's currently in her second professional basketball season in Spain, and if it weren't for the coronavirus, she'd now be able to say she's an Olympian. Fingers crossed, the summer of 2021 will bring the Olympics back to Jana and her team. Good morning, Jana. Uh, Welcome to the podcast. How are you? I'm good. Good morning. Good morning. Can you say your full name for me, please, with your Flemish accent? (laughs) My name is Jana Ramon. Okay, what about your middle name?
0: Yeah, I have, like, actually three first names, so I'm like, Jana, Georges, Rosanne,
1: Rahman. Wow, uh, that sounds like so... I, I, I'm i not familiar with Flemish, so the accent and the pronunciation, but it kind of sounds French, in my opinion, a little bit.
0: Yeah, like, actually, Georges, Rosanne, yeah, maybe it's French too, but, yeah, we say it just more in the Flemish way, Georges, Rosanne.
1: It's beautiful. I really <laughs> like it. It's uh, You're, like... What, English, Flemish, some French, a lot of French, probably. And your Spanish is pretty good, too. So what is that, for? Is there one that I'm missing?
0: No, like, it's for Like, yeah, my first language is, like, Flemish. Then we learn, like, when when we are 10 years old, we start learning French. And then you have English on the other side. And then Spanish, yeah, I learned it here the last two years.
1: Why don't we start out by you telling me about your first sports memory? I
0: think my first experiences were... First of all with my dad going to the horse races, Ah. (laughs) so I was always like, yeah, running around there, but then when I got older I could go to the basketball games of my brother. So actually that was like my first two sports that I was doing. I did a little bit of gymnastics, but I never really liked it. So the most like wonderful and like cool experience I had were like the horse races and the basketball of my brother. Uh
1: So I'm assuming your dad was going and he was betting on the horses or like, did he, I've never been to a horse race actually, but you go and you're like, I don't know, you betting or cheering, or you just think it's really cool to watch these animals running so fast. I don't know. Yeah. My dad was
0: actually more like the one who was like practicing with the horses. So like every weekend he was like going in the mornings to let the horses run like with the, yeah, how you say it in English. I don't know. Like the little car behind the horses. Okay. So like in the I don't like know a how carriage? you say yeah a little carriage behind it. Mm-hmm. So actually it was more like training them, and then in the weekend we were just like going to like help a little bit to get them ready for the race and stuff. But like the races itself, we were just looking at it and hoping that the horses were doing well.
1: Okay. And did you ever ride?
0: I was riding, but not like not in competition or something. I was just like if we had to go like from one street to another one, and normally the we were walking with the horse, I was just going to sit on it. But,
1: do you remember if you had a favorite horse and what his or her name was? <laughs>
0: Do you really want to know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had like a horse, uh, like it was ours, like a little one, and we called it ra yato and it was like my last name, like Rahman, and then my mother's last name Hanselag, so it was ah. like H-E, and then Ja from my name Jana, and so from my brother's Tom. But this horse never got like into like races, because it was a little too lazy to get into races. It was <laughs> just like, to, uh, to, like a little thing to try, like ride around with the little kids and stuff. Okay.
1: And what did it look like? Was it brown, black, uh, multicolored?
0: No, it was a brown one with a little white spot on the head, so it was actually really cute.
1: So did you like go out with your brush and brush its hair and braid its like mane or I don't know?
0: No, I was not a girl. We were really like just the horse and we liked it, but this was not like, it was our friend and like walk, yeah, it was like in our garden actually. So every morning we could go there. But yeah, we liked it. But then when I started playing more professional basketball, like we did, yeah, we stopped like training them. And now actually when I'm like here in Valencia, Valencia now here my dad started again. So it's pretty cool.
1: That's awesome. It's very different. I don't think I know many people that have that sort of hobby or, you know, activity in their life. In Belgium, were you living or do your parents live in a house, like in the countryside? I'm assuming because to have a horse, you can't just live in the middle of the city.
0: No, like we don't live in the city. We live like, I guess, 15, 20 kilometers away from the, from Ghent. So actually we're close to Ghent. But our house is like, yeah, a little countryside, like we have a lot of like grass around and like uh, little fields and stuff. So it's pretty really cool to live there.
1: Oh my gosh, that sounds like picturesque, almost like a postcard. I'm thinking of Belgium and like, it's probably just beautiful. So did you guys have any other types of animals or did you have like fruit trees or I don't know? Tell me about it.
0: Like actually at the house when we were younger and now we, we had chickens and a horse. Like now there's a horse too. And then in between like we had like bunnies and I think that's it. So like really ours. But for the rest like yeah, it's all green around. So we have like one tree who's giving like cherries. Yeah, but it was already like standing there so we didn't like do it ourselves. But I just like the garden. Like it's just green and some plants yeah. and stuff. So it's like pretty green around us.
1: Beautiful. Um, okay, so your first memory is kind of at the horse track. Uh, when did you start playing basketball? And I'm assuming you grew up in a sports-minded family? Yeah, actually, like, my, my father,
0: my mom, my father's brother, um, like, my nieces, like, some of them were playing basketball. Some of them were playing, like, soccer. But, like, my, my, my own family, like, brother, mother, my father, they all play basketball. So, like, we really, yeah, we grew up with it. But they never say like you have to do this or like like go basketball. You, I was playing tennis before. I was like doing some gymnastics and stuff. But in the end, we end up like playing basketball. So the family, like my father's brother, he's like he was also like a really good basketball player. So they still following me too. And then like the rest of the family is like, yeah, they were playing soccer and stuff, but they are more like into yeah. work now.
1: They're not doing sports anymore. Is your brother older or younger? Yeah, my brother is older, three years older. And so is he still playing or he played like at a competitive level or? Yeah, actually he played always like in our
0: hometown, Larnen. So he was always playing there, but he had like a lot of injuries and stuff. So he was not that lucky as me. <laughs> so i was actually like pretty, pretty good with injuries. I, I had never like a bad injury, but he had like a lot with his knees, and his foot and stuff. So actually he stopped playing now two years ago because it was just like his hobby so he was enjoying it but like was taking like a lot of time too and he just started like enjoying other things like I guess now he started CrossFit so we will see what that brings.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You're gonna go home and your brother's gonna be like the Hulk you know CrossFit those people are intense. Um, Okay so how old were you when you started playing and then when would you say you started taking it more seriously?
0: I started playing like no actually it was like get the note to touch the ball like it was not really like basketball immediately So I think I started that at five and then yeah the year after like when we were six years old We started like doing little competitions like games against other teams And I guess like my like really serious I started when I was like 14 Because then I could like go to high school and get like on a top sports school So that was like pretty the start of like okay now it's getting serious so I gotta get like more for it
1: Okay, we're going to talk about this. So you went to a like high-performance sports academy for high school. And I'm assuming that's like, um, I don't know if you've talked to people here in Spain about Siglo XXI, uh or La Blume, which is high-performance sports academy in Barcelona. They do basketball, but they do handball, volleyball, all these other sports. Your former teammate, Caral Casas, she went to um, Siglo XXI. You basically go, you live there, you eat all your meals there. Uh, They recruit you so it's a scholarship and you're there to study and to play. So is that kind of similar to what your deal was in Belgium?
0: It's kind of the same. Actually you're going to the school and you're having like the, the lessons you have on school but like the minimum so you only have like I guess I had normally you have 32 hours of classes and I had like 24 I guess so and then you're doing like more sports. So I actually like started my days having two hours and a half practice at night two hours and a half practice. But I was never going to the club in between. But then Friday night you were going home, practicing in your club and actually were playing in the club. So you're not playing for the school. So you were like growing up in the school and getting like technically and tactically stronger at the school because you had like more practices, but the school didn't have a team. So you're like in the school, but you're paying everything yourself. I mean, my parents are paying my my school and my, my club and everything. So it's not like you're saying like the scholarship we're getting, that's not like actually the same. So from my 14 until 17, 18 years, I was on that school and then college started.
1: And you were living there Monday through Friday?
0: Yeah, we were living like from Monday to Friday in the school. So you got to get in like Sunday nights and you could go home Friday night after school.
1: Interesting. So this was more of like a, I mean, it was a very, it was a calculated choice of yours and your parents to send you there pay for it because I'm assuming it was more expensive than a regular school but it's
0: like actually uh, so you gotta go through the selections and then like they yeah they select some players who can go there and like the first thought because like I guess all the parents think like oh my god like the school like the real school lessons are not as much as you have like in a normal school so should we do it because like school is important too and to have your degree so actually it was like, I was like, from the first moment they told me I could go, I was like, I want to go. I don't want to go back like to my school. I was the first two years of high school because I had to study a lot and like then practice in between. And like most of the time you were like, no, I don't want to study. I just want to go, like go to practice and be there like three or four hours. So for me, I was like clear. I want to go there. And my parents were like, yeah, but we don't know because of the, yeah, of the school. And if it's going to be like the same as you go to a normal school. So it was kind of difficult. And it's also like you're saying more expensive. So, but I'm really thankful like they let me do it because I think like if I wouldn't do like the, the high school there, like I don't know if I would be like the same player now. So.
1: And you lived in a dorm with like a roommate. Um, I mean, you were you were on your own when you were 14 years old. I'm assuming there were some obstacles, but looking at your face now, you're you look like you were pretty happy at the time.
0: Yeah, like, I was talking last week too with some friends, like, because you're there, like, together, like, yeah, in a dorm first year, I was, like, actually sleeping with a roomie, but then we moved from Antwerp to Leuven, and there you had, like, individual rooms, so there was, like, more on your own, but still you're, like together with everybody like room next to room so but I was talking to some friends and we were saying like actually we were complaining because we had to study we had to go practice you know like it's every day like the same and the food is not that good and stuff but we were like realizing now that actually was like one of the best times of our like our lives uh-huh. so
1: how far away was the school from your parents house
0: like the first year in Antwerp it was like one hour drives but like when we got in like in the dorm it was like uh, like 30 minutes away from the school. So actually we were practicing and like in a dorm, like 30 minutes away from school. Then we had to take the bus to get to the school. And that's why they changed to the whole school to Leuven because there was like actually school and uh, dorms and practice, um, facility next to each other. So that was like, just walking distance.
1: Amazing. And then as you're progressing through these four years that you were there, What were you thinking, like once you got into your final two years, what were you thinking as far as college, being able to balance your sport with your academics? Um, Did you have any friends that were thinking about going to the United States and did you ever kind of think about doing that as well?
0: Yeah, like it's always like getting closer in the last two years because they start asking you like what you're going to do after. Um, and for me like if I'll be honest like I was not really interesting to go to the States because I had a few friends uh, coming back that were like three years older than me and they like came back not the way I wanted I guess so I got like a few offers to go to the States, but it was not like, oh yeah, I really want to do it. And they kept asking me like, oh, you want to come like visit the college? And I was like, no, nah, not really. Like <laughs> I just want to stay in Belgium. <laughs> so I don't know, but it was just like that time, I guess I was like, no, because other girls, they were really like, oh yeah, going go into the States and this and that. And I was like, why? Like, I don't understand. So I don't know, maybe it was the age. I didn't want to go away from home or something. I don't know, but I was never really like interested. Like other girls, they wanted to go. But I guess like from my age, in the end, nobody went, but the girls like one year, two years older than me, there were a few that went there.
1: Yeah, your story is interesting because so many people that I talk to, if they're given the opportunity to go to the United States, the majority of people that I've talked to say, yes, they want to go. Um, But in your case, you're saying, no, you know, I wasn't really that interested. You know, going to the United States In my opinion isn't necessarily the the best answer you know you can stay in spain you can stay in belgium you can stay in germany study play and be close to your family and friends and everything's going to be okay you know so i appreciate your honesty saying that you didn't necessarily have that much interest in going to the united states because it's not for everyone and everybody has to take their own their own path so how were you able to do both? Your academics and your athletics? Because I know in Europe that can be difficult. And that's the main reason why a lot of people do go to the States because they're able to study and play at the same time. So tell me about what that experience was like for you and how, how did you do it?
0: Yeah, actually that's, that was another point to like, not going to the States, like, because I heard the degree they had in the States was not counted in Belgium. So that was also like a point for me. Like, I don't know if I really want to like start again studying in Belgium. So I just decided to not go to the States and stay in Belgium, go live with my parents again because out of the dorms, like I was going back home. And then I went to another team first division in Belgium where we were practicing like most of the times at night. So like from 7 to 8.30 or 8.30 to 10. Um, so I could like actually finish my school, my, high sc- my college then from 8.15 to five o'clock. I was like in the lesson because you had to be there It was like practic- practicum and like lessons. And then at 5 o'clock I was like, or I could go home and like go study for half an hour and go to the facility where I was practicing because that was like 30 minutes away from my house. So most of the time like what I decided to go to do was like just like going from school straight to my facility where I had to train and just stay there like at the bar or like even just on the side of the court watching another practice and then like if i had to do like some tests and stuff i was just like doing it that moment i was sitting in the bar or like on the side of the court or sometimes like even in my car um so that's what i did but my like most moments i was uh, studying was like in the weekends in the weekends i was like doing i knew i had to do like for the next week and i was making summaries from all the lessons i get and the classes and i was actually like yeah my life that's why i'm saying like, like really student life, like what the people do in Belgium like going out every evening and like have drinks and stuff like I never had that I was studying going to practice going to sleep 8 15 the day after back in the classes so I don't like I don't know if I really missed it but sometimes I like I just telling I never had it but I'm happy like the way I'm now like still a national team and stuff so I can't complain about the decisions I made
1: yeah you had to be very organized very motivated Uh, you had to stay on top of your day-to-day responsibilities um, which isn't necessarily the normal life of a college student but um, you know it has its pros and its cons you know interesting and good job like it's not easy especially when maybe all of your friends are going out or doing fun things but I'm assuming you had a lot of friends on your basketball team and they were kind of in the same boat as you were.
0: Yeah it was like my first year was like my first school high school then i was like in warheim with a lot baby you will know her neither Dayart was to them playing with me and uh, we had like a, a few players who were like a national team and just got out of it so i was actually like super young in that team and they like give me a lot of experience there so it was pretty cool to live with them and they were also like yeah you got to do this and this so they were they helped me a lot too um, but i think like like i'm saying like I didn't have like, the student life, but if I see where I am now and what I all did, I know like my family telling me, you are you going to be there on the family? And I was like, no, I have practice or are you going to come there? Like, no. And one thing like I will never forget, it's like super stupid, but we were like in preseason and my cousin was like, it was the marriage of my cousin and my coach told me, no, you have to come to do a preparation game. And then, like, my heart was broken because I was, like, seriously, like, there's, like, I never had, like, one marriage. It was, like, my first one for my cousin. So I had to go and play the game, and we ended up being there with six girls. So actually, the health was not coming either. (laughs) So that was the the moment I, like, was seriously, like, I'm a basketball player, and I would want to do a lot for it. But missing that one was, like, that was, like, one of the bad experience I had (laughs) so like like a dinner I didn't like I do care but it was not like okay like it's just because I have to like I will get there but like the marriage I was really like okay that's really bad
1: (laughs) yeah when you especially when you look back on it and when you're older you think what's one game you know what's I I had the same thing I I came over to Spain because the season was starting but a really good friend of mine was getting married and looking back sometimes I think I should have just come a day late You know, I should have gone to the wedding, but we do, we sacrifice a lot as athletes. We haven't said it yet, but what was your major in in college?
0: Yeah, I
1: uh, studied podiatrics, Uh so actually insoles
0: and everything like, like not pedicure. I would say like more like the the bad things on the foot, like medical pedicure, Mm -hmm. we will say it. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. It was like three years of study. So I was like, okay, I have like three years to do it and I want to like do it. Because now a lot of girls are like taking only like the half of the study points because we're working with points in Belgium. So we have like most of the time you have like, I guess when I was studying was like 60 points and now we have like a lot of girls splitting it up in different years. But I didn't want to do that because I was like, no, if I go for something, I want to finish it like the right way. So I finished those studies in three years. So I have my degree of being podiatrist and I was working already five years as a podiatrist too. And then actually I was playing and working too. So I guess I had a lot of things already, studying and playing and working and playing. And now actually like the last, now my third year being professional uh, abroad. So that's what some people think too, like I always stay like in my comfort zone. Um, But on the other side, I'm like, I probably did because I was around my family and my friends. But I'm pretty happy because I was like the one working and doing studies and everything. And I was always like staying in the national team too. So that was actually my goal. I will never get like out of national team of Belgium. And normally we should go to the Olympics last summer. <laughs> so that was like my, okay, that's like my dream. And if I get there, that's like perfect. So I sacrificed everything. I don't care because I was in Olympic Games. So I hope next year they're going to be there, but I still don't know. <laughs> so actually, yeah. I'm, yeah.
1: Okay. Um, this is great because I'm learning so many new things about you. Um, when you were little or before even going to college, did you know that I want to study about feet? You know, like some people, some people have a phobia and they don't even want to touch people's feet. But how, like, how did this interest come about for you? Actually, I really, I really didn't know what to study. I was, like,
0: coming out of high school, top sports school, like, having, like, less hours of, of classes, so I was, like, I don't know if I will be able to do college, because I was practicing on basketball a lot, but then I was, like, if the state's, like, not really interesting, and I don't want to, like, like, yeah, basketball and, and combine it, so I guess, actually, the school, you uni- know, like, college started, I like, will say, 26th of September, and I went to 20 or 22nd of september and go there like just at everything that was there and then i was like actually i want to do physio but then i said like no like there's like a lot of studying and like those books look like really big and i was like oh my gosh if i have to go practice and go to study on my own and stuff i was like i don't know if i will be able to do it and they said like yeah you should try you should try it but i'm like like i said if i start something i want to finish it so i just thought it would be like too heavy for me to do it so then I was looking what like what I had like when I was younger, did I have problems or did I go to the dentist like to, like to another doctor or something that I liked. And actually when I was 16, I had the world championship under 21. And there I had like a lot of pain on my foot, but I didn't want to say it because I was like 16 years, I was there. Like it was like a big chance for me. So I was like, just keep going. So I finished the world championship. And two weeks after I had to go to the European championship with the under 16 and there the second game i went for a fast break layup and i landed on my foot and it just like felt my foot was like totally broken and then i was out and they sent me to a podiatrist and he said like yeah you need insoles because your foot is like turning the wrong way and if you're running and stuff and then at that moment i was standing there like what do i have to study i was like actually that helped me pretty much because i was had my injury when i was 16 for like three months on the side and since i had the insoles like I don't know like I'm never gonna say but I never had like a bad injury mm-hmm. so it was for me like something like maybe I can help sport is not as a physio but as a podiatrist so that was actually like my thing and I decided by saying like six or five days before school was starting I decided to do it and <gasps> I finished it in three years so yeah
1: wow bravo <laughs> that's an interesting story um some people like They still don't know what, you know, me personally, I'm like, gosh, I still don't really know exactly what I want to do. And you decided I'm going to sign up for this six days before college starts and you finished and you enjoyed it. And um, great. Then you finish your college career and you go directly into working and playing at the same time.
0: Yeah, it depends. Like most of the time you do like your three years and you have like the period you're practicing with a professional one.
1: It's like you're an intern, an internship type thing where you're at a podiatrist's office and you're learning from them and you're helping.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. So actually like I was going to that place and I was like the first year you have to do like so many hours, second year more, third year actually you're more in practice with with a with a professional podiatrist. So I was there and I was like, okay. And she was like, yeah, and how are your basketball? Because I was telling her like, I have to leave that day at that time because I have a game or I have practice. So she was also like, she understood that I was like combining everything. So that was pretty like good for me because some of them are like, no, you have to stay till eight o'clock at night. So that was pretty good. And actually afterwards then when I had my degree, she said like, if you want, I need someone else. who have to work here so you can stay. And at that moment, I had to choose because I had my degree, like my parents wanted to like have a degree and then you can see like if you want to go like play basketball or not. But at least you have a degree if you have like a bad injury, you have something. So I had my degree so I could choose to go work and play, skip in, stay in Belgium. Or I could go like, I had options to go to France or like to Spain, but I was like the moment I wanted. I had to go as professional like I feel the agents and the market of like professional players on that moment was not like pretty good. So I didn't have an agent neither like no like I had some contacting me like from the States and stuff or like from Spain but like I didn't know them so I was like I will just like be safe and start working and playing basketball in Belgium. So that's what I did actually the last years.
1: For the last five years you said I think?
0: Yeah I was working for five years. Yeah, and then I came to Spain.
1: So your day was from what time to what time? Were you then able to like eat lunch, take a break, and then go to practice? I mean, physically, how how did your body hold up uh, working and playing full-time? That's what I'm always saying to, to
0: people today. are like, are oh, you working, it's not heavy. I'm like, maybe physically it's not heavy, but like mentally you're there. Because I started my days working at 8 o'clock in the morning. And then I had a lunch break most of the time 12 to 1 or 1 to 2 or when it was super busy I was just like having like a little cookie or something in between And most of the time I was stopping working at 6 or 7 o'clock because I had practice. It depended when I had practice. 7 o'clock I stopped at 5 When I had like 8.30 I stopped at 7 because then I was like going straight When I stopped at 5 I was like sometimes going home to have like dinner at home and then go to practice um, But actually that's what I did every day And then the second year I was doing that I was like okay it's like pretty heavy Like I'm not... Maybe not like playing on the level I can, but I was like, okay, let me see what I can do. So I was like, as an independent, I could choose my hours. So then I stopped working like Tuesday mornings and Thursday mornings. And then I was going to the to the gym, like to do some weights and then at night go to practice. So actually, if you would tell me now that I have to do it again, I will be like, I did it. So you can. But the focus is just different like I actually I liked it because like during the day you were talking to people around like what's happening in the city my and her I don't know like her sister did this you know like you know like a lot of families in the whole city so I really liked the stories around it and then at night you were just focused on basketball like now being in Spain it's different because you only have to think about basketball so it's pretty easy but when people asking me like what's the what's heavier I would say working is pretty heavy mentally and physically your basketball but like being now professional in Spain like physically you're actually more tired than mentally. So for me it's different but I'm, I'm pretty happy I had the experience already because I know what's gonna come after I stop playing basketball. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of girls like, are like oh I have to go study oh, i just gonna go work but they don't realize what impact it has on, on their body and like mentally just on your life. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and I also think basketball is difficult and we have two practices a day, but you go to the gym for two hours and then you get to come home or one day you have the whole morning off and then you have two hours in the evening. But when you're working, those are long days. You just said you would be there at eight o'clock in the morning and sometimes you wouldn't leave until seven. So that is a long day and you have to be there physically and mentally present during that whole time.
0: Yeah, that's the thing. You are like you need to be focused because, like, I'm doing like medical pedicure, so it's like you're with a knife in your hands. You know, like you're you're taking like you you're really with a knife on the on the feet of the of the people. So it's like not. Oh, I can chill a little bit, and if it's not good, you know, it's not good because like you can make like a lot of mistakes. So it's like the focus you have, and it, you have to keep talking with the people because if like super silent, it's like kind of weird. So it's just like there were long days, but some of those days, like, I mean, some days you have like all the people like complaining about their lives and you are like in the end of the day like cheese everybody has problems you know like this day is terrible and then on practice you're sometimes like okay like it's just not my day today coach i'm tired like everybody was complaining about everything like i'm done but then other days you were like having people that everybody was super happy and like you're helping them and everything was going well and then you come just to practice like okay life is beautiful you know everybody <laughs> has like a good story and so days would be like different every day but that's what I liked
1: about it. I, I can uh, imagine that that would be... Like physical therapists too, you know? Or mm, maybe even people that give massages, they hear people's lives. They're like psychologists almost. Like you're there listening to everything. Um, so you're working, you're playing, and you continue playing with the national team every summer? Yeah,
0: I never stop national team. So even if we had like a window like during the season or stuff, I was always just taking like... A break on work so i was just saying like next two weeks i'm not there because i have a national team mm-hmm. so i never give up national team i always was there and like even for basketball practices maybe once like every five weeks i had to go like to a little how you say where the older people are all together yeah, like, like in a, a
1: concentration camp well I don't like, like a, no
0: residence camp, or something where they all live together and was just like okay one day we go in there and we do like everybody uh their, their feet So that was maybe one time every five weeks I I was missing one practice. But for the rest, I was always taking my basketball like in front of my of my work.
1: Um, And I've seen on the Internet that, you know, in years past, Belgium hasn't made it to the Olympics. They haven't made it to any of these big, big tournaments. But in 2020, I think it was right. 2020, you guys qualified for the Olympics. Um, who did you play against that last game to qualify and what was going through your mind when you realized like you guys had won and that was your ticket to the Olympic Games?
0: Yeah, it was like in February 2020. So the cool thing was Belgium got to organize the whole tournament. So we were actually home and it was like like Belgium women's basketball is now like really hyped. So for us it was pretty cool and in February like the whole, yeah, like it was full. We had like a whole the crowd with us, we had everything with us and we had to play, I remember like an important game was the game against Japan and like actually for me it was my, my best game I ever played for national team. So I think it was also like, I knew I was working like since I was 16 years, I'm working for that moment and just that day even like with other, other girls we were just like this tournament is our tournament and if we don't make it here like we will never get there so for me and like for a lot of girls it was just like if we don't do it today it's it's like it's even for me yeah for me like 20, being 29 like it's now f- or never you know like it was so that game was like the one i realized me the most because i was like just we need to get it and we need to take it
1: all right, so that final game uh, to go to the Olympics, uh, who was it against and was it close? Was it uh, a blowout? Um, I'm assuming not. I'm assuming it was pretty close. Yeah, actually there were three games. So the first was against Canada,
0: we lost so that was like actually bad because you need to be like the first of the group. So we lost against Canada. next day was Japan, so we reacted pretty good because we won against them. and then the last game, we had to win too because like the other games played, we had to win to be like qualified and the game was against Sweden so we won the game i guess by eight and yeah it was like pretty cool because i mean the moment you're just getting closer and closer to the moment you win in the game and you feel like okay like something big is gonna happen for us and like i can't describe the feeling i had but it was like it was super big like or just like crying and like seeing like we really go into the olympics i remember me like one day or two days after like realizing like everything came back to me like even my parents like supporting me the whole way you know like all the teammates we had everything i did i was like just like everything was falling together at that moment so it was like pretty emotional and then yeah i think march end of march start of april the COVID came (laughs) (laughs) so then like everything goes like back okay like let's go girls like we were there and now everything fall apart Mm -hmm. so it was pretty hard but yeah now we're here
1: (laughs) i'm getting like i have literally like tears in my eyes right now just thinking about all that work during your whole life to get to this point something that you think will probably i mean you hope it will happen but you really don't know if it's going to happen and it just seems like it's so far away and then for that dream to come true and to realize that you just won the game that's going to bring you to the olympics amazing i mean i don't know yeah i don't know how i would feel i'd be on cloud nine for like weeks but then like you said that was in february the very next month march everything comes to a standstill so how is the coronavirus affecting your national team and what are the supposed future plans
0: yeah i was like i mean that was the first no like I remember, actually, we had to play like with Valencia last year in Belgium for the Euro Cup quarterfinals, and I was in Belgium, so I was like, oh, yeah, I got to see my family and everything. And the day of the game, they said like, everything is canceled because of COVID, so you got to go back to Valencia. And I was like, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, I was going to see my family. My friends are coming over tonight, so I would really have, like, a pretty cool time. But then I was like, OK, like, we just have to stay in the house for one week. It's, it's OK, like, I will go back home. And then they said like, OK, quarantine and then ended up being 50 days in there. So national team 2, everybody started like sending to each other, like, what are we going to do? Like, we don't know if it's going to go, if the Olympics going to go. And I know, like, I think the third of the second week of the, of the quarantine, they said, like, Olympics are cancelled. So I was sitting, like, in the sofa at the house and I was looking at my boyfriend and I was like, this is not true. Like, that's impossible. Like, I'm still hoping something's going to change. But, yeah, it was like reality. So I was like, okay. I was two days, I swear, I was like, I wanted to do anything. I was like, just, I'm sitting here, like even just staring around, like not like, I didn't want like go to watch the news because there was like all about the COVID on it and canceled and the virus and stuff. And I was like, I'm done with it. You know, like, it's just like my whole life, my dream is like, it's gone. So it's sending with everybody and everybody was like, yeah, we will see, we'll see, we'll see. And then ended up, I guess, at the end of COVID, like, at quarantine, like, okay, it's going to be in 2021. And then I was like, seriously, I was like, okay, just like, you have your dream, you have your focus, like, okay, one more year. It's not like that much in your life. One year playing more basketball, more focus. But we were in February, like, the team was like, we were like a group. We were all together. Everybody was like doing his job everybody was in the team everybody was playing good so it was like the perfect moment to go to the Olympics and national team being everybody abroad in quarantine like in Spain and in France in, in Russia and in Australia so we were like what can we do they were like oh we got we can do like there's lessons in a zoom meeting you know like practicing but we like nah like basketball wise not gonna help you know everybody keeps like practicing in the teams, so we will see what happens And then we got back to Belgium, like the current team was still on, so we couldn't practice in the team. And then I guess in July, we did a two week training camp where we had like in two weeks, seven practices because you had to do everything individual and stuff. So it was not the same, but we were just happy being all together. And I see each other again and everybody like, yeah, motivated each other, like, okay, keep going one more year because we will get there next year. And that's the way, like, for me personally, I was like, okay, let me stay just one more year in Valencia, I'm fine, like, I'm here with my boyfriend, I can play basketball, it's okay. And then in the end, Valencia told me I couldn't stay the next year. (laughs) So it was like another day that I was like, okay, like, next thing is gonna, like, try to get me down. And I just told my boyfriend like, I don't know if I want to keep going because like first Olympic had canceled, I was working and I can stay here in Valencia. So I don't know what's going to happen, but like actually I'm done for the moment. So I had like two weeks of no goals, just practicing, trying to be in shape and wait what's going to come for me. And then like in the end, yeah, Madrid came like, and they asked me if I want to like come here and play here. And like, they're going to take care of me because they know what my goals are. So I was like pretty happy with this offer. So now I'm here in Madrid and like I'm having pretty cool team. So I'm super happy. <laughs> so just trying uh, to reach the goal and hope that next year is going to be yeah the Olympics. But I'm still doubting if I see everything happening these days. I don't know.
1: Ah, yeah, it's such an uncertain world right now, and we have no idea what's going to happen. Um, I think about the summer of 2021 and part of me thinks of course it's going to happen like how could this still be going on in the summer of 2021 but we really have no idea so fingers crossed I would love to turn on the tv and watch you playing in the Olympics that would be awesome um but yeah we'll just take it day by day so a couple other little questions here do you follow the WNBA at all and if so uh do you have any favorite teams? Like, actually, actually, I was never
0: following NBA and woman NBA. But since Emma Mason got in it, I was like, okay, like, we have a Belgian in there. I so have to, like, look at it and start following it. So I'm, like, not the girl who's going to stay awake. Actually, I did last two games, but normally I'm not staying awake to watch it. and I'm just watching the results and sending her, like, how the games were. So my favorite team, like, always been Mystics because Emma was there. But since this year, Julie Almond is in uh, Indiana Fever, so I was actually following those two teams I like I can't describe this neither because those two girls are like younger than me And they were like in a generation I always wanted to be because they were like the good teams and I was always like with my age not like that strong We were all playing B division on the European Championships But they were like always like getting the medals and stuff and they got like in the senior team with me So actually they're like pretty young for me, but on the other side they're not but they both, yeah, so I'm following them. And Julie Ma this year did like a great season, first year being there, so I'm like super proud. And Emma, yeah, she's like my roommate to a national team, so it's something special and I, like this girl's like just, yeah, I follow her because I have so much respect for her. She made like a lot of sacrifices too. And I guess like it's not easy to be there now too in the wobble, so <laughs> I'm really proud of them and it's the only two I was following, but like Julie didn't get to the playoffs and Emma lost like with one point last night.
1: Okay, so last night, the Washington Mystics lost to the Phoenix Mercury by one. I saw the replay this morning on Instagram, penetrated to the left baseline. The girl jumps up, throws a two-handed lob bomb pass to the opposite corner where her teammate shot fakes. The defender flies by. She, I don't know if she took a dribble or not, but then she shoots the three. It goes in, they win by one. And as the ball is going through the air, the time expires
0: yeah it was crazy like that's what i saw this morning too and i was like oh my god <laughs> and then i saw like emma had like a pretty good game so i was like that's actually i saw first the post of like emma like having a good game and then i saw the result and a video and i was like this is not possible <laughs> like the game we had like I remember on the World Championship, we had a game against Spain, and Emma made, like, on the buzzer, the shot, like, to go through. So that was, like, the feeling I had now. I was like, oh, my God, it's, like, all the other way. Like, you don't want to, like, get out of the playoff round one of that. But that's how basketball is. So I didn't hear her yet, but we'll probably be pity. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the world is so small because, actually, um, having watched Emma, like, a couple times through the last couple years, I really – was impressed with her game and I'm like wow she is a very talented post player um, and then who who would have known that I was going to be on your team this year and that you play on the national team with Emma you can learn from her her moves the way she sees the game um, playing on a national team that's just got to be amazing what a what an, a wonderful experience to learn from all these other players
0: yeah it's that like Emma like you're saying she's two years younger than me but if I'm being honest on practice, I can't stop her. Like, she has so many moves, You're like, okay, I'm gonna stop this one the next time because she's gonna do the fadeaway. <laughs> and then she's just like faking you out and doing another crossover or like doing another reverse. So this girl is like, it's crazy how she like, she did it herself. I mean, like she never did like the high school t- as I did. She was always just like practicing on her own in her clubs and stuff. Like she had a lot of, yeah, she went abroad like when she was younger. But this girl, I swear, like, she's just, yeah, for me, she's from another planet. Like I'm saying, Julie <laughs> Almond too, this year being first year in woman MBA, like she was like killing it too. I was like, you, you guys just like another level. And that's why I feel so lucky too, to play with them in national team, because then you're like, play with the top of the world. Because I was like, always like, oh, we're on top of Belgium, we're champion of Belgium. But what is Belgium in the basketball <laughs> world? Like nothing. And then Emma being MVP last year and like being champion, I was like, gosh, like I told her like, girl, you're not on top of Belgium, not on top of Europe, but now you're like on top of the world. And I feel so much respect for her. And she's so normal. Like she will never like do like she is like the, the player of, of basketball. So. I'm pretty happy, but sometimes people are like, she's not that good. I'm like, guys, you really, you don't know what she, like, maybe she didn't make a lot of points, but what she's doing around or like how she's really in the game and giving passes, she will never like get it. So I swear for me, like she's top.
1: Representing Belgium, (laughs) you know, that's awesome because I never thought about Belgium as a basketball country. Um, But now you guys have people representing in the WNBA and uh, yeah, you must be so proud of them. Um, Okay so getting to the end of this interview a little bit, um, tell me what is your jersey number and why? Oh gosh another story.
0: (laughs) So actually I was always playing number 12 and then I was coming in the team of professional but someone else like our professional players had like number 12 and I was like 16 years old so what could I say to them like being having a number 12 so I was like okay give me number six because my brother was playing with number six so I changed to number six and then in national team i was playing also with number 12 but then the legend of belgium anne waters came back to national team because she was like out for a few years but then she was like okay i'm gonna come back and anne's number is number 12. so i was like oh that's pretty cool because i gotta play with anne waters too because i was never thinking when i was younger i will play like with anne waters and like with the uh, with the legends of belgium like i was never thinking i would go to the olympic games so there was like always like coming something but then I was like, okay, I know she will come back and I will lo- lose my number. So I was like, okay, let's get it. But then like the Belgian Federation is just like, it's not bad because I really like, I do not care that much about my number I'm playing with. But they were just like, they had to make a list. And then the next day on the internet was like, waters is coming back to Belgium national team. And here are like the list of the players and they gave me number 42. So I was calling them like, why number 42? Yeah, you were playing with six, but six is like taken already and Anna's coming back. So she has number 12 and we have like a 35 national team. We have a 22. So we told like 22, 35, 42, it would be like cool. <laughs> so I was like, that doesn't make sense at all, but you're lucky it's with me you're doing it because I'm not the one like gonna, really complain about it or like feeling bad because I have to change number but I was like maybe I wanted to be like just I don't know like still till today I can't say like which number I wanted to be but I was like why number 42 because I'm already like I had 100 caps a national team so 100 games a national team I feel like if you're giving me number 42 I feel like I'm like in the team now, like as the last ones because I'm the last on the row. And then they say like, okay, but like only for one campaign and afterwards you can change the number. And I was like, okay, then like we will see. And then actually I was playing with 42 and I was like, I do not care about the number. So they asked me like yeah yana you say like we're lucky it's you blah blah blah. so we want to like give you a chance to change the number and i was like no i don't want to change it (laughs) i'm sticking with number 42. so now the last three years i'm playing with number 42.
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay um and now that you mentioned ann waters i forgot about her and yes she is kind of a legend and i feel like she played in spain before I don't know if she was on Ros Casares or which team she was on, but I definitely remember her and she's a post player tall and very good as well. So, wow. What, like, what an experience you have to be able to play with these women. Um, okay. What is your favorite move on the court? What's your bread and butter go-to move?
0: Like, I really like to fake it out and like go to the right and like make my layup in the hand with my left hand, with the backboard, but it changed so much, uh, the way I have to play in, 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 in different teams. So I would say like, I like to shoot the trees like out of the pick and pop. If I have to choose, I will always like try to fake it, fake it and go to the basket.
1: Um, and then now that you've been out of Belgium for a couple of years, is there any food product that you always make sure you put in your suitcase when you come to Spain, because you know that you're not gonna be able to find it here in a different country?
0: Nah, not really like, we're not that far away from Belgium either. So actually I'm like, I can go and some, people coming over, so the most things they're gonna bring is like the chocolate. But it's not that I'm like, like I have to take it to Spain because it's not gonna be there. So actually I just adapt most of the time just to the food we have here. It's different, but the thing I'm missing the most and that you can take is like the meat. (laughs)
1: really the meat like are we talking hamburgers or what kind of meat are we talking about like actually the ground meat is a lot diff- is is a big difference like here and in belgium so
0: i really like it so that's actually the thing i'm like getting to belgium i'm like okay let me get some ground meat and on the other side we have like yeah i don't know how you say it. it's prepare we call it like prepare it's like some mixed meat too with some yeah with a taste on it i don't know how to explain it but it's, like, typical Belgium. And I really like it too. And it's, like, the ones... Yeah, for sure, the fries. Like, that's the one, like, I will get back home. That's the things I will go for. But it's not that I'm, like, okay, let me take in my suitcase. Like, those, like, yes.
1: <laughs> let me bring some, yeah. some ground meat in my suitcase. <laughs> um, okay, and then... Um, now that you've been in Spain for a couple of years, I'm just curious, is there like a word or a phrase that you've learned in Spanish that you really enjoy, that you think is funny, that sounds funny, or maybe even a phrase in Spanish that you understand what it means, but you don't have a similar phrase like that in Belgium and you're like, oh, I wish we had this in Bel- in, in Flemish, but we don't. Like Actually, I came to
0: Spain and I was like, I have to learn Spanish because I didn't know one word. Yeah, the first thing I was learning was like, yeah, hi, hi, how are you? And all those stuff. Then one thing I was like, just funny because like I was home and they told me like, Quédate en casa. And I was like, what? Like, what are you saying? Because I was like a really difficult word for me. And I was like, quédate en casa. It's like one word or like, I don't understand. So actually the first words I was like, okay, like, I will try to understand, but I couldn't. And most of the time, my just my funny part of understanding Spanish was like, because I have so much like short words that for me sometimes it was like, it's one word, but actually it was like, like three things and it was like a whole sentence. So I don't realize, like, I just like the casa but like a real <laughs> sentence we don't have in Flemish. I, I think my Spanish is not good enough already to have like those expressions and stuff to understand it. But I like the Spanish, like, and for me, I guess because I'm talking French too, it's like a little bit easier to like get to know Spanish because it's, some things are like kind of similar, mm-hmm. but yeah.
1: And for all of our listeners that don't know what quédate en casa means, we've used it a lot during the coronavirus because it means... Stay in your house. <laughs> <laughs> Stay in your house. Quédate en casa. Um, <laughs> muy bien. And last question, are there things from the Spanish culture that you have now kind of adapted into your life? Like, what, what do you appreciate or what do you like about the Spanish culture that maybe you didn't think about or you didn't do living in Belgium? Just the life and the speed of living. That's
0: what I mean. Like, when I was in Belgium, I was starting at 8 and, like, coming home at 10 at night. And here in Spain, I feel like if you wake up at 8 in the morning, like, there is just nothing to do everything is closed you are like I want to go to the supermarket oh no it's only opening at 9 or 10 o'clock like in Belgium we would be like already done with our like groceries so and I mean here if you're standing in a row like everybody is just like standing in a row it's like, we're not, we're not in a hurry, like, it's okay, we're just chilling, we're sitting on a terrace, like, we have time, like, we can be here from 2 to 4, I don't care. like In Belgium, if you have a break, we're like, okay, we have one hour to go, like, ask our food, like coming out fast, and we have to go there. If you're in the road, like, oh no, if you have people in front of me, I gotta go somewhere else. And just in Spain, it's, everything is like so relaxing, chill for me, it's such a big difference uh, to Belgium. So that's for me like pretty, that's why I'm telling my friends too, like coming with her husband to Spain because we have two other friends now, the husband is playing in Spain. You will not, you will like, after one month, you will know why Spain is like so easy to live because there is no hurry, you have time. Stores are open till 10 o'clock at night because in Belgium too, we open maybe at eight but we close at six or seven o'clock. So that's like for me the big difference and I'm like, okay, Spain is like super chill.
1: Yeah, I agree. Um, I think it would be a little different if you would talk to somebody who is working full time, um, because we do have teammates that are like going, going, going throughout the whole day. And in Madrid, it's a big city and the distances and the traffic and whatnot. But yeah, I do agree. It's, It's definitely more calm than it is in the United States. And people have no problem sitting down and having lunch for two hours. They have no problem whatsoever. And they are not in a hurry to get to the next place they need to be. And Right before we, we finish, give me a tourist recommendation, or tell me what's so great about, uh, do you pronounce it Ghent? I saw that it has a beautiful castle, and a river that goes through, and uh, like cobblestone streets, and just really pretty looking buildings. Um, would you recommend that I, I visit Belgium someday? I guess I guess you just said it. <laughs> it's
0: actually like the river going through the city is like called the grasseleit it's like, it's, yeah, it's pretty. It's just super cool. Like you have like the old houses like and the water in like in the middle. So it's pretty cool. And the castles you have like on one point, like in the city, you can see like the three towers. That's like the coolest spot of the city. So, I mean, you don't have to go for five days to Ghent, but if you're there for three days, you will like for sure enjoy like the things who are there. Like these things you were just like saying, that's really how Ghent is. So that's why I like so much about it
1: good deal. Well, Yana, thank you so much for your time, and I wish you the best of luck in 2021, and I really hope to be seeing you in the Olympics. Yana had options to travel to the United States, study, and play, but she decided it wasn't the best path for her academically or professionally. I respect her decision and agree that going to the United States isn't necessarily the best decision for all athletes. It is, however, a decision to meditate over, to make a list of pros and cons, to research, and to ask dozens and dozens of questions. Yana got her degree as a podiatrist, lived the double life of working by day at the clinic and by night at the gym as a professional athlete. To top it all off, her national team qualified for the Olympic games. Not too shabby, Yana. Not too shabby at all. And that's a wrap for this week here on Another Season in the Books. As always, you can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and almost anywhere else you get your podcasts. And if you enjoyed the show, show us some love with a five-star rating or by leaving a comment and letting us know what you thought. Your support means a lot and helps get the word out to future listeners. I'm your host, Leslie Knight. Thank you for tuning in and please have a great start to your week or whenever you might be listening to this episode. Take care and we'll see you back here la semana que viene.